Well, this morning I want to I want to talk to you about some pretty important stuff. I hope so, right? In God's house and spending time in his word. This morning we're going to I have a simple question for you. And the question is, what are you planting? What are you planting? Now, we're not thinking about planting right now because this ground's a little hard to be planting, but you'll see what I mean as we go. I'm going to ask you if you will take your Bibles. Turn to Galatians chapter 6 with me, if you will. There's an outline in the bulletin to follow along, and uh, there's Bibles in your pews if you didn't bring one. And, of course, as always, I have all the Scripture up on the screen as we go along this morning. So, Galatians chapter 6, and let's look at what what Paul has to say say here. Uh, My first point this morning is this, all good things, all good things. Look what it says in verse 6 of Galatians 6. It says this, the one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, let's put this all in a little context. Paul is talking about how we relate to one another as believers in Christ, and Paul is talking about how the church is supposed to function. And, and then he says this. He says, the one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. And it's, a, it's an interesting statement, and it begs the question, all good things. Well, what are all good things? How many of the good things? This is all. But what are good things? What are, what are good things that we have? I, I believe that so much of those things are, are those things that God blesses us with, those good things. Uh, whether it's our finances, whether it's our, our joy, our good fortune, our hospitality, all those things. All the good things in life. All the things that we can use to share and encourage one another. And Paul says something interesting here in this verse. He says that we are called to support those who teach us the word of God. Those who help us to understand what the word says and how it applies to our lives. He supports this idea in 1 Corinthians. Look what he says here. He says, who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of it? Or who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? Do you not know that those who perform sacred services eat the food of the temple, and those who attend regularly to the altar have their share from the altar? So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. Now, I'll pause here because this passage and this message so far could be, seem a little self-serving, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're shaking your heads because, yeah, that's what you're thinking. Or some of you may be thinking, oh, he's going to talk about money. Not money. Well, we are going to talk about stewardship this morning, but stewardship goes way beyond money. Few things in life will show a clearer reflection of where our heart lies than how we use our finances. This is the truth. As a teacher shares the good things of the word of God, we are called to reciprocate by sharing all good things with that teacher. I had a pastor who I served with years ago who, who said to the uh, church one time, he said, 
how you treat your pastor is a direct reflection of how important you feel the word of God is. I went, whoa, that is a bold statement. Ooh. And, and you know what? In some respects, he's correct. Now I'm making you uncomfortable, aren't I? But listen, this is where Paul starts this passage. He starts this passage in talking about let's, let's support those who serve God. Let's support those who teach us the word of God. But as Paul always does, he starts with a small example. And now he's going to expand and give us a broader understanding. I think sometimes Paul makes quick statements to get people's attention and says, okay, well, this is what I'm saying here. And people are, oh, okay. Well, then Paul's going to expand it here. So let's get to my second point here. We're going to talk about sowing and reaping a little bit, okay? Sowing and reaping. Look what it says in verses 7 and 8. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Paul's starting to expand a little bit on what he's trying to say. We will reap what we sow. Now, I grew up as a, a kid in the suburbs, I admit it. I was more of a city kid. I did not grow up on a farm. Um, but I do understand this basic principle of farming. If you want to grow corn, you need to plant corn. Wow, corn, right. And if you want to grow uh, soybean, you plant soybeans. Right. It's a simple, simple thing. There's a, there's a wonderful film out that was made years ago called, uh, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh boy, Greg's getting old. Secondhand Lions, thank you, my goodness. <laughs> and, 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 Jim, and Jim is older than I am, so what does that say about me? There was a great film called Secondhand Lions, and these two old gentlemen sit on their porch all day, and these salesmen come and try to sell them things. Well, the one decides, we're going to be farmers, and this salesman sells him all these seeds. So they plant these seeds. He says, we got a row of tomatoes, we got a row of beans, we got a row of corn, we got a row of this, you know. And then they're, they're cultivating and they're taking care of it, and it all grows, and it's all corn. And his brother looks at him and says, man, that salesman saw you coming a mile away, didn't he? <laughs> he may have thought he was planting something else, but what were they doing? They were planting corn. You reap what you sow. It's a simple idea, right? It's a very simple idea. And Paul says this. He says, we cannot fool God. He knows what we sow and how much we sow. Each of us chooses what our harvest will be, don't we? My wife and I plant a vegetable garden every year in our backyard, and we decide what we want to plant. And we found out that even though we decide what we plant, God decides what grows. <laughs> we want tomatoes, we plant tomatoes. If we want cucumbers, we plant cucumbers. If we want zucchini, we plant zucchini, it doesn't grow, and then we get them from Crystal. <laughs> this is what we've learned. 
But just as in planting a garden or having a farm, each of us chooses what our harvest will be. If we sow to please our sinful nature and spend our money to indulge the flesh, we will reap a harvest that will fade into nothingness. But on the other hand, if we use our resources to support the Lord's work and sow to please our spiritual nature, we will reap a harvest that will last forever. Are you with me so far? This goes way beyond finances. Friends, this applies to all that we have and all that we are. Our talents, our skills, our time, our resources, our possessions. It's a simple idea. What you sow, you will also reap. Paul's going to pull it back a little more now. Look what he says. He says, keep your chin up. Isn't that cute? Keep your chin up. Why does he say that? Well, look at verse 9. It says this. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. You see, friends, we can become discouraged when we seem to be sowing a lot for the Lord, but we're not reaping much. Gosh, it seems like we're putting an awful lot of work in and investing an awful lot in, and not much is coming back. And Paul says, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Because the harvest is sure. The harvest is sure. It will come. And it will come in God's timing, not ours. Let me say that again. The harvest will come in God's timing, not ours. This is really, really difficult. And it's difficult because we live in a world and a society and human nature says, I want to see results. I want to see them now. Right? I want to see results right away. Well, God's work doesn't work like that necessarily. In fact, we may never see the fruits of some of our efforts. That's a hard thing to to accept, but we have to trust that God is working, right? Paul must have experienced this many times in his ministry. Do you think Paul had any clue that here we would be a couple thousand years later sitting in a church, reading a letter that he wrote to a church and talking about what it means and talking about how this helps us to understand better who we are in Christ and who we are expected to be. Do you think Paul knew that? Not a chance. But even in a more practical way, Paul traveled around in his missionary journeys and shared the word of God in different communities and that. And a lot of times he never got to see the fruit of his efforts, right? The fruit of his labors. It's hard for us to understand this sometimes. But we need to remember this, friends, that God's perspective is much different than ours, right? God's in it for the long game, right? We want results right away, but, you know, God has a different different perspective. One of the greatest examples of this is found in... uh, Sorry, pet peeve, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. One of the most misused passages of Scripture. It's found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. That's an important passage of Scripture to understand. But we need to understand the perspective of that Scripture passage. Some people use that passage to say, see, nothing bad's going to happen to me because I follow God. Yeah, right. How does that work when Jesus says, in, your, in this world you will have trouble? It doesn't work very well, does it? Let me bring you perspective of this passage. God said this through the prophet Jeremiah. He was refuting the words of the false prophet Hananiah. Hananiah said that God was going to free Israel from the bondage in Babylon in two years. But Jeremiah says, no, God knows. God has plans, declares the Lord. And it was 70 years later that God liberated them from Babylon. I'm trying to get you to understand God's perspective. Everyone who heard Jeremiah's words that day were no longer around when, when those words came to fruition. Do you understand? It was a promise for the people of God, not a promise for individuals. You with me? God's perspective is a little different, isn't it? And that's why we cannot get discouraged when we do not see the fruits of our labors because sometimes these things really do take time, don't they? Look at the next verse, verse 10, Galatians 6, 10. It says, so then, while we have opportunity, and Paul's pulling it back a little more, let us do good to all people, and especially those who are of the household of the faith. Paul says we are called to do good to all people. And we are not only called to treat our brothers and sisters in Christ well, but everyone. And it's okay to be a little partial to those in the church. Of course, that makes sense, right? But it doesn't mean we need to shun those who are outside of the church or snub those who are lost. It's kind of like a family, right? Your family is always the most important. And then you look to those outside your family. You know, it's an interesting observation that I've found in life. I've, I've met and known people who have awesome families. You know, I, you know what I'm talking about? Just great closeness of family and they love to spend time together. But in that group, even among Christians, I have found that there are some families who have this wonderful connection with one another. But when you're with them, you always feel like an outsider. They have this wonderful thing, but they never let anybody in. And then there are others who have amazing families. And with them, you, can't, you almost can't even tell where the bloodline ends and the friends start. Because they have this wonderful family, yet they welcome in. And they're always saying, hey, you're here. We want to treat you like family. What a wonderful thing to hear. Paul says that's how we're supposed to treat others. Look what Paul says in Romans 12. And he, he's, he, the, he shares this idea along these lines of treating other people well. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, 
but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in, doing, for in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, he didn't say that after you give him a drink to dump burning coils on his head. That's not what Paul said. He said that when you treat your enemies well, it will be really hard for them to take. Friends, this is one of the great ways that we can share Christ with others. It's a great way to show the love of Christ. Part of our showing, uh, part of our sowing is how we treat others and how generous we are with everyone. We've been talking about this as a church of living his truth, sharing his love, and bringing his hope. That idea of as we love others and as we share the love of Christ with others, we bring hope to those who don't have hope. We did some awesome things over the Christmas season with the homeless shelter and, and some other things. And that needs to continue, and it will. Because we are called to do that. We are called to be that, friends. This is really, and a lot of people may not see this, but this passage is really all about stewardship. Paul is telling us we need to be generous with what we have. Our possessions, our home, our finances, our food, our talents, our time, all those things are good things, Paul says. And those are good things to be shared with others. The Lord has blessed some of us with great wealth. And we can, those who, who have that can do some things that others can't. But the Lord has blessed us all with different things and different possessions. And we can always be generous with what we have. But not only that, good things also means being generous with who we are. Our grace, our kindness, our love, our compassion, our understanding, our patience. Those are all good things that we can be generous with and share with others. I say this is a message of stewardship because what does it mean to be a steward? It means to be in charge of something, something that's not yours that you've been put in charge of. That's what it means to be a steward. All those things God blesses us with, all those things that God gives us, all those things that God equips us with, he doesn't do that so we can hoard those things for ourselves. He does that so that we can be generous with them and generous towards others. Friends, as we are generous with all that we are, doors will be open for us to share God's message of hope. But remember this, friends. Keep your chin up. Because sometimes 
The reaping doesn't come right away. Even though we may not get to see the results, we know that God is still working. Amen? Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray this for myself and for all my brothers and sisters today. Teach us what it means to be generous with all that we have and all that we are. Teach us what it means to give all good things to those around us. All good things. Lord, forgive us when we don't see the good things in our life that you've blessed us with. Forgive us when we don't see. Forgive us when we don't understand that all good things come from you, Lord. So I pray that as we leave this place today, we would leave with a heart of generosity, being ready and willing to share with others so that others may see your truth and that their eyes and their hearts may be open to you. May your Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. And may we declare your love to the world. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed day.